Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We are bringing this chapter to a conclusion. We're down to the last six verses. And uh, these six verses form a section. And uh, it's, I, have, I have titled it Confidence Before God, or you can call it Assurance and Obedience, whatever you want. We, we are beginning in verse 19. Let me just read and then I'll comment from there on. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. The Apostle John writes and says, By this we know that we are of the truth and are born of God and shall assure, literally persuade our hearts before Him. In the literal text, it actually says, in His presence. Now, remember again that the Apostle John has been contrasting the children of God with the children of the devil and all their false claims of knowing God. Now, remember again, we saw that in First um, John chapter 2 and verse 4, when he says, who, he who says... I know him. That's what they say. Just like they're going to say to Jesus at the end, didn't we do all these works in your name? And he says, I never knew you. See, don't ever think because it's written down, it's a truth. They, they will write down when people lie as well. <laughs> do you understand what I'm trying to say? Amen? And so this is what it, he's talking about in First John chapter 2, verse 4. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And in verse 20, he tells us who this person is. He says, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. That's the rebellion against God. So let me read that with that in mind. So I've said here again, remember again, that the Apostle John has been contrasting the children of God with the children of the devil and all their false claims of knowing God, even though they display no love and are in constant rebellion against God. And I've said here, especially in rejecting Jesus Christ. They're the people that say, well, we don't need Jesus to know God. We have found some other secret way of getting to him. Are you all with me? Amen? And in this verse, which is actually a continuation of the previous verse, where the Apostle John said again, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He now says that when we do this, we can know that we are of the truth. When we behave in this loving way, when we see the love of God being displayed in our life, he says we can know that we are of the truth. And it implies that we are born again. Amen? Regardless of the lies of the devil and can be persuaded in our hearts of this in the very presence of God. Because this is the problem, you know, if we go into the presence of God and we are concerned that we think, oh, you know, are we really saved? People being saying things to us, and we're going to talk about that as well. People's accusations that come against us. I don't know whether people have approached you and sort of said, well, I thought you were a Christian. With this, and the tag is, you shouldn't do anything wrong. It's like, yeah, right, like that's going to ever happen. <laughs> you know, there was only one person perfect in this earth, that was Jesus Christ. Hey, man, you know, as I said before, listen, one minute ago I was like you. And listen, you need to know this as well, that if you become a Christian, we won't expect you to be perfect either. By the way. Amen. So don't expect us to be perfect. Hey, listen, we've learned to be honest. But perfect, we're far from. <laughs> okay? We've learned if we make a mistake, we're quick to admit it because we understand that if we confess or acknowledge our sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all righteousness. Amen? But so we've learned that truth. We've learned how to get back in God's good graces, so to speak, very quickly. And because whenever we need to go to the, the throne of grace, we need to know that it is a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. Hallelujah. Anyway, 
I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to this. As one commentator put it, a lifestyle of love in action is the demonstrable proof of salvation. It is the thing that demonstrates our salvation. A lifestyle of love in action. Amen? In fact, in his commentary, Thomas F. Johnson writes, Assurance is not a matter of convincing ourselves or thinking positively. Listen, it is knowing the truth before God or with God as a witness. Wow. Now we're going to talk about that a little bit today because we need to understand this isn't about what we convince ourselves about. This isn't, you know, positive mental attitude. One of those things you see on TV and you say things and you kind of make it true in your life. Hey, listen, what we do is we confess what is true in our life. In fact, that's one of the problems that we have is we don't have a revelation of the truth in our life. We don't really understand how much has been bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ that needs to be activated with our mouth. Because our mouth is our will. Amen? And the thing is that you know you listen to yourself when you talk. So please don't say things like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. That's not going to help you at all. <laughs> Amen? All right. And you know, the, the, one of the most difficult things to do is speak the word of God when everything looks the opposite. Amen. Anyway, I've done a whole series on confession. That's, go listen to that. Anyway, back to this. Um, it is what the Apostle Paul brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Really love these verses. Verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be focusing in verses 3 through, uh, three through 5, but I want to read verses 1 and 2 because there's only two verses in front of it. You know what I'm saying? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, he says, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. I really love that. The secret things of God. They are not hidden from us. They are hidden for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Anyway, that's not what I'm preaching on today. Verse 2. <laughs> He says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Now, I want you to notice something here. God has given Paul a person that is not perfect. Now, if you thought he was perfect, he wasn't. Okay, sorry to burst your bubble. Okay, and notice he says, he, in fact, God may, has made him responsible for certain things in his imperfection. Are you all with me? So now he's going to talk about his imperfection a little bit, okay? Verse 3, he says, I care very little if I am judged by you or any human court. Amen. Now listen, we're talking about us having confidence and assurance before God. And we need to understand that that's different to people judging us correctly. People will judge you this way and that. You know, that's why, you know, don't get too caught up in the praise. Because they can turn on you on a dime, man. Look at Jesus. You know, one minute they're calling him Lord and, and, and they're wanting to make him king. Next minute they're saying crucify him. Are you all with me? And I've learned to accept people's good, good wishes, but don't let it go to my head. Amen. Amen. All right. So he says, I care very little if I am judged by you or any, any human court. I'm reading from the NIV. He says, indeed, I do not even judge myself. That's interesting, isn't it? He says, my conscience is... Give me one minute. Do you know why he says, I, I don't judge myself? Because he doesn't, he doesn't trust himself to judge himself correctly. A lot of times, we are, more, we are harder on ourselves than we should be. Now, that's a good thing to a degree. 
but we need to be careful that we don't become judgmental over ourselves and so that we're always putting ourselves down. You know, nobody likes that really at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, when people are saying, well, I'm no good. And I'm, it's just like, dude, pick yourself up. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, get up. You are a new creation. We'll talk about all that in a minute as well. So verse 4, he says, my conscience is clear. He says, but that does not make me innocent. I really love that. He says, number one, he says, my conscience is clear. What's that verse? 1 John 1, 9. If we acknowledge our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You can have a clear conscience even though you're not perfect. He says, but that does not make me innocent. In other words, he's saying, I'm not a perfect person. I will make mistakes. Are you all with me? Okay, but at least I know when I do make one, I know who to go to. I know how to get rid of that immediately. He says, watch this. He says, it is the Lord who judges me. Amen. And it always needs to be him. Verse 5, therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. In other words, when the Lord judges, he will judge correctly. See, there are so many times that we do something and, you know, maybe we're having a bad day, but all people see is the wrong deed. They don't know what we're going through. We don't, they don't see us regretting something that we've done. They see us for what we've done and judge us based on what we did, not for what was behind it. But the Lord looks at what's behind it and that works both ways. You can have a bad day and the Lord says, I know your heart wasn't there and that, you know, you just were having a bad day. We all have a bad day. Amen. <laughs> okay, Jesus died for all our bad days. All right, amen. All right. And so he'll judge us righteously, lovingly, compassionately. He also knows when we're buttering it on. Amen. When we're doing a good deed, you know, when we're doing something good that everybody sees and our heart is somewhere else. And I won't go into that, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Amen. You can, have, you can do a good thing with a wrong motive. Just as much as you can do a bad thing and have a regret in your heart. Amen. God sees everything. Okay. And that's why it says that he will expose the motives of men's hearts. That's the ladies too. And he says at that time each will receive his praise from God. I love he says his praise from God. Do you know why all, your, all the things that are not good will get burnt up? As long as you keep confessing them. Amen. Amen. So here the Apostle Paul makes it abundantly clear that judgment is not man's, whether it comes from others or even our own heart, but it is God's and His alone. Because His judgment will be both righteous and merciful. Because among other things, remember the Bible tells us that God is love. Amen. And according to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse, the latter half of verse 12, it says love covers all sins. It doesn't expose them all. It covers all sin. So if you ask him to forgive you, and if you got him judging you, that is, that's why I said that's the best place to be. Because he did something to cover all of our sins. And that is sent Jesus to the cross. In fact, Jesus went to the cross on our behalf to do that. And whenever you have a sin that needs to be covered, you just say, Jesus, forgive me. And he'll say, I got it covered. <laughs> no, okay, all right. But you know, there's nothing that he didn't die for. Don't ever think you can, you can commit some horrendous sin, sin that Jesus goes, oh, I did not die for that. You did what? I didn't know that was possible. It will never happen. Amen. Thank you, God. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Let's continue on. That's why the apostle John goes in to say in verse 20, 
He says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, in a lot of the um, commentaries I was reading, one of the things that they said was that verses 19 and 20 really should be one verse. It is a continuous thought. You know, the translators at their discretion break up, you know, the thoughts and put full stops and capitalize sentences and everything else. And sometimes they get things wrong. Okay, it doesn't really matter, but this is a continuous thought. This is a thought that goes from verse 19 into verse 20. So may I do something right now? And that is read verse 19 and go straight into verse 20 so you can get the flow. So again, he says, and by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Did you get all of that? Amen. Okay, so there are several things that we need to address here. And, you know, it, it, it's not going to happen today, okay? I'm just letting you know we're, we're going to get through it because I didn't get through it this morning. Okay, the first thing that we need to look at are the, are the things that causes our heart to condemn us. What, if this is telling us that there are things that we condemn ourselves over that isn't right, we need to know why. Would you like to know why? i like to know why. Number two... What is it about God that makes him greater than our heart? We need to check that out next. Okay, we're going to look at these three things. And the third thing is what does it mean to us that he knows all things? I've given you a little hint into that already. We won't get to that at all today. Okay, <laughs> all right? Let's look at the first thing. What are the things that, that causes our heart to condemn us? Let me begin by saying this. If we don't know who we are in Christ... If we don't know the promises of God, then we are going to allow our hearts to condemn us over things that Jesus has paid a price for, that we have been redeemed from. Are you all with me? That's why the Bible tells us that the, you know, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because God has paid the price for all of us in every way possible. And the sad thing is, is we don't know a price was paid. And so the devil comes and gets you to pay the same thing over. Do you know you're not, you know it's a criminal offense to charge somebody twice for the same meal? <laughs> you know, this would be like, you know, we go to dinner. Say, you know, me and my dad, for example, okay, say me, say myself, Emily and dad went to dinner, okay. And so, you know, dad was really sneaky and he goes off. He says, I have to go to the little boy's room, the little pope's room or whatever. And says, I'll be back in a minute. He sneaks off and goes and says, I want to pay for the meal. And they'll go, oh, okay, sir. And they take his money. And then I don't know this. And then he comes back and everything is paid for. And he says, because he doesn't want to be embarrassed. And he doesn't, you know, he says, well, you know, at the end of the meal, he says, well, thanks so much. And he takes off because he doesn't want us to sort of feel bad that he paid for it. He'd do something like that. So, but he's gone. And the guy looks at him and says, oh, the guy left and didn't tell them that he paid. So when I go up to the counter and I sort of say, well, we need to pay for our meal. If he charges us again, That's a criminal offense. We just got robbed. And that's what the devil is doing constantly. Jesus pays the bill and the devil says, you owe me. Are you all with me? And this is where our hearts get condemned. This is when we, we crash and burn. So I want to give you a few things, just two things to help you out just in this area. We know these verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but I want to put a different spin on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Remember the Apostle Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new cre creation. If you are in Christ, remember again that this, this all happens in Christ. 
because Christ paid the price. As soon as you get into him and you become a part of him, you are now the body of Christ. Understand the head paid the bill. Amen? And understand something that whatever you, your heart begins to condemn you over, you need to understand that you are a new creation. And you need to do like the Apostle Paul did and say, I have wronged no man after he killed Stephen. He said, I have wronged no man. Now, if you stood there and listened to him, you didn't understand the truth of God's word. You'd say, that man just lied. But you know what? He wrote this scripture. He said, you know, that person, see, watch what it goes in to say. Old things have passed away. I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Which means that old Paul, who murdered that man, died. He was on the road to Damascus, okay, <laughs> that this happened. When Jesus appeared to him and said, who are you, Lord? And then when he called him Lord, he made him Lord. Hallelujah. Smart man. Okay. But at that point in time, that Paul died. And a new Paul was born. In fact, he was called Saul before that. And he decided, you know what? Enough of Saul. Now we'll become Paul. Which means Saul was a big name. Paul means small. Kind of, okay, I'm very rough translation here, okay? But he said, you know what? I'm no longer that big thing. Now I am something little in God. My bigness is God. If you attack me, you're no longer attacking me. You're attacking God. So think twice. <laughs> okay, amen. All right, and we need to do the same thing. We need to understand that it is God in us now. If the devil ever attacks, he's attacking God in you, not just you. If you know this, Trust me, the battle will go a very different way. Amen. All right. Anyway, back to this. Remember again, we we're talking about hearts that are condemned. He says, well, if our heart condemns us, one of the reasons our heart condemns us is because we don't know this as a revelation, as a truth in our life. Do you understand a revelation is something that you know? One day you wake up and go, wow, I get it. One day you have this realization. That's what revelation is. A realization of what it means to be a new creation. It was one of the things that changed my life because I had a lot of stuff in my past that I dragged over, when, okay? When I got saved, there were a lot of things that the devil would taunt me over. And one day God said, that person, you know, I used to have trouble with it, and he said, that person died. He said, don't bring him up because when you talk to me about those things, I don't know what you're talking about because you are someone else now. That one died when you said, Jesus Christ, become Lord. And, you know, when you confess Jesus as Lord, everything changed. You became a new creation, not a refurbished creation. Okay? There is nothing about you that is the same as before. The only thing that's the same now is the outside. I didn't suddenly turn another color. My hair didn't go blonde. Everything else stayed the same, which is what our problem is. We look in the mirror and judge all things according to the outward, when on the inside, you are someone brand new. Are you all here? If you get this revelation, then your heart will stop condemning you over things that it shouldn't. Now, as I said before, man, you know, if you murder somebody, you should be condemned. That's a bad thing to do, okay, all right? And the, and, and, and the authorities will catch up to you. But anyway, but we're talking about other things now. We're talking about things that the devil brings up on the inside of you. 
How can you expect God to, you know, answer your prayer? Remember how you were before you got saved? I mean, remember your days? You ain't a saint. We know. You might have fooled everybody else, but we know. You know how he knows? Because he's the one that led you to it. <laughs> okay? And you said, that person died. Shut up. <laughs> okay? Amen. But the thing you need to understand is that that person doesn't exist. Only in your memories does that person exist. And you need to stop thinking about that stuff and you need to let that stuff go. Amen? Can I say this? If you learn to, if you get a revelation of this, you will become a different, that's what happened with me. I became a different person because I realized that I was someone different on the inside. Now all my thoughts and my thinking, let me put it this way, my thinking needed to change. Amen. To reflect what was in me. Hallelujah. Okay. So again, we, we come back to this. He says, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are of God. What he goes in to say, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. God has reconciled us to himself. In other words, God's not mad with us anymore. So not only are we a brand new creation, not only is everything on the inside of us of God now, but God has now reconciled us to himself. He doesn't hold anything against us. So why are we holding things against ourselves? If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. I'm giving you a little hint into why God is greater. Amen? Because he's done something to eradicate everything that the devil can use against you. But we'll get that to that next week, not today. Okay, so <laughs> what I want to do is take you to Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Because we need to finish in the next two minutes. Romans chapter 8. It's because of this revelation, we can now go to Romans 8 and read in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? As much as our heart would like to condemn us, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to, give, I'm going to spin this verse a little bit for you. Okay? When it goes in to say, what she says, Who do not walk according to the flesh. Can I say something? When you walk according to the flesh, this does not just mean doing naughty things. Walking according to the flesh is allowing your flesh to, let, to tell you whether you deserve something or not. It is your feelings overriding the word of God. It is you saying to yourself, well, you know, I don't think I really deserve that. It's, a guy that, it's like the guy that went to God asking for $100. And, as, and, you know, and he says, God, I need $100 by Friday. And then he starts thinking about, you know, the devil sits there and says, oh, you think he's going to give you 100 bucks? I mean, remember what you did? And he goes, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't get 100 bucks. Maybe I should get 75 bucks. And then you think a little bit further and go, you know, I probably wouldn't get 50 bucks either. I'll probably get nothing from God. <laughs> and, what, and you know, and God's going, well, I had 100 for you until you walked off. Amen. Okay. We, we have to stop talking. The Apostle John is actually go, going to go on to talk about prayer. He's going to go on to, in fact, he hints at that in the, he hinted at that in verse 19 in his presence. Remember that? That in his presence is an, is an inference to prayer. And it is going to be made clear a couple of verses from now that whatever we pray, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we'll have whatever we pray for. Because we don't compromise along the way. Remember again that God isn't going to bless you 
for what for who you are and your righteousness but for who you are in Christ and his righteousness amen that's the reason why we really need to learn to walk in the power of God based on Christ's righteousness not on our own because ours is as filthy rags his is perfect and if we go in his name with his righteousness then we can expect See, that's, that's what to- stops our heart from condemning us. And if it begins to, to condemn you, shut it up. Just say, this is not about what we deserve, what we can do. This is about what God did in Christ. And I'm in Him. And right now, it isn't about whether I deserve this or not. It's about the person in front of me that needs me to pray and needs me to get this done for them. Needs me to agree. Are you all with me? So, so that, we, so that we are not going in there going, well, brother, he says, well, I'm a sinner. And you, you don't stand there going, yeah, so am I. Let's just have a pity party. Mwah. Oh, that's not doing nothing. You don't need that. <laughs> okay? We need to bring good news. Glad tidings, not sad. Amen. All right. So that's why he says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ in Christ, all right, in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, and let me say, it's lies, but according to the Spirit. If you, one of the things that when you walk according to the Spirit is that God will speak to you. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, amen? And the Lord has only good things to say about it. Did you know that? Well, brother, what if I did something wrong? Dear God, how many times do I have to tell you? Confess it! Change it, it takes a moment of time to get from, I'm, I'm, you know, I did something very, very bad to God going, I don't know what you're talking about. One moment, if you confess your sin, if you acknowledge your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I mean, you are spotless before God. Hallelujah. How then can your heart condemn you if you've got that revelation? Amen. I pray that you receive something today from this. We will pick this up in two weeks, okay? Um, and uh, we'll continue on from there. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for everything that you are ministering to us and all the wisdom and the revelation that we are receiving. We thank you, Father, that we, we come to a place where we don't allow our hearts to condemn us. We don't allow the devil to use our hearts against us.